heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked on Browns podcast live from Indianapolis, Indiana, and the NFL Combine. Thank you for stopping by. My name is Jared Mueller. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at Jared Mueller. That's at J A R E D K M U E L L E R. And yes, I forgot my middle initial when I said it the first time. So hope everybody is doing well today. Today, Friday at the Combine was all about the running backs. And while for the Cleveland Browns, that's not a big deal. We'll talk about that in a second. Still, it was an interesting day that we'll talk a lot about the running backs. I'll also talk to you a little bit about the changes from a media and fan perspective here at the Combine and why some media are not very happy with the fan access because of how it impacts the media's access. So thank you for stopping by this Lockdown Browns podcast. And that is kind of the story that I'll start off with is, so I just got over here to Indianapolis. Uh, This will be my third straight year that I am here. And so um, what is really interesting, lots of interesting things, lots of behind the scene things, uh, some of which I will never be able to tell you, uh, some of which will happen later this evening, a lot of which will happen Saturday evening. And again, a lot of that is without cell phones because people do some crazy stuff here at the Combine. And so talking to some people when I got in, uh, a lot of people were really struggling from last night. And last night, Thursday night, isn't really a go-out kind of night here in Indianapolis. Friday and Saturday are a different story for a lot of people. A lot of the media are leaving uh, sometime tomorrow, some in the morning. Um, there are people who miss their flights because of it. Uh, and then more people are leaving obviously on Sunday, but Saturday night is really going to be a big get together around here, uh, for the media types. Uh, so last year I spent some time, uh, with a player agent and, um, this year it looks like his plans do not fit into some of the things that I would like to do with my time. And so I may not be spending much time with him tonight, but we will see where the night takes us. I might hopefully get a nap in. So, uh, but the media is not very happy. And so one of the biggest changes this year is that the media pretty much is locked in to the conference center across the street from Lucas Oil Stadium. So while a lot of the on the field stuff that you will see on NFL Network is uh, going on at Lucas Oil, the media is stuck in a room or rooms in the conference center. Now, for some of the interviews, uh, or for all of the inter- player interviews, uh, coach interviews, GMs, all that, they those are obviously going on and the media has access to. But the media doesn't have easy access to the players as they're going through some things when they're getting done, whatever it is. That access isn't there anymore. There are probably a lot of reasons for that. Um, the NFL has a lot of ideas of what kind of access they want or don't want for the players. But for the media, it restricts their access to very specific times. So you're going to see a lot less 
hey, I talked to this player real quick, or hey, when I met this player walking down the hallway, because those things are not really available to the media now. Once the player gets done with their interview session in the conference center, they just go on their way, as opposed to over at Lucas Oil, well, they'll be stretching, well, they'll be um, cooling down afterwards, uh, just kind of hanging out, waiting to run their drills in the past. Well, now the media doesn't have access that, to that at all. And instead, who does have access or has a lot of access is fans. And so there are different ways that fans can be involved uh, over at Lucas Oil Stadium where media cannot. And for media members, let's be real honest, some of them, some of us have an ego. This is not okay. And so you're, you're seeing a media that is uh, less engaged this year uh, than in the last two years. They're less excited. They're less, um, they're not with the players as much. And so it'll be interesting to see how that changes the dynamic. Because in a lot of ways, I can get the same access from home that the media is getting here. Unless I run into a player on the street, have something set up in advance. But the players' schedules are pretty jam-packed. So the only time that really media had access to them was before, during, and after some of their workouts. Unless they maybe had something set up. Obviously, the big networks will have their interviews and those kind of things. But for for a lot of the media and for a lot of the players, this has become more of a job interview with the teams and with the NFL than it has with getting information to the media. The interviews that you see online or on NFL Network are the interviews that the media is seeing. And the media can't even see what a lot of the fans can see over at Lucas Oil Stadium during their fan access, all of those kind of things. And so... um, Probably sometime tomorrow I'll have uh, an interview uh, with Mac Robinson talking about what he saw over there, what the experience was like for the fans, what kind of access they did have, as well as the fan access experience that's actually in the conference center as well, just to get a feel, just to give you all a feel of what Indianapolis is like for the NFL Combine. Again, I'm maybe not going to be able to share with you what Indianapolis is like after dark. That's a different conversation. You'd have to come here to see it. And you're just to be honest, don't come here expecting that you will have easy access to a lot of fun. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. And it takes knowing some people to get in and know where to go. So today I was over at a place where I was told there's some good free food and some players that you can meet. And maybe uh, I was working on setting up an interview with, with another player agent, a pretty high profile one. Um, and so I was told about that. So I knew where to go. If I didn't know where to go, I wouldn't have gone. And so, uh, being in, in indie isn't just easy access to a lot of things, but I will tell you, it is a different world. Um, the money, the products, the alcohol, the uh, relationship possibilities are pretty high uh, when you get into those kind of settings. And so it can make for an interesting night that I will make sure to tell none of you about on my Locked on Browns podcast. But we will talk about the running backs and what today told us, especially about some of the top ones and one of our local talents. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. 
Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. So today was really all about the running backs. And so let's first just make it really, really clear that I don't think there's any reason the Browns are going to attack the running back position in this draft unless a talent that they, they can just not pass up falls or we're looking at somewhere in the fourth round. That's just based on looking at Isaiah Crowell with his second round tender, Duke Johnson, who they didn't use a ton, but really played well, uh, especially catching passes out of the backfield. They claim Darius Jackson from the Dallas Cowboys. He uh, is just a high-level physical talent. And then they have George Atkinson the third, who I don't really think that highly of, but at least they have a fourth running back. So I could see the Browns uh, going after a running back if one falls. Or based on the depth of this draft, it's possible that the Browns could just see uh, a, a situation where they just couldn't turn it down. But don't expect the Browns to use one of their high-level draft picks on a running back, no matter what, Pro Football Focus, Sports Illustrated, ESPN, or any other publication decides to mock to the Browns at number 12, whether that's Dalvin Cook or Leonard Fournette, uh, just doesn't make a ton of sense. But today was all about the running backs, and so it started with Leonard Fournette, a player who many people were really excited to see when he walked on the stage. Um, he looked put together. Even though he weighed in at a good 240 pounds, uh, he still looked put together. And so um, people were really excited to see what he would run and what he would jump. And it started with the jump. So Leonard Fournette at 240 pounds jumped 28 and a half inches. 28 and a half inches. By comparison, someone we're going to talk about here in a second, Kareem Hunt at 216 pounds jumped 36.5 inches. That is a 8-inch difference. 39.5 inches for Alvin Kamara coming out of Tennessee. And Christian McCaffrey, who we all know as uh, all, an all-around talent at 37 and a half inches. And so uh, if you saw the jump on TV, you saw a player who just didn't look like he knew how to freaking jump. It just didn't look smooth. It didn't look athletic. It looked like me trying to do that at my age, which isn't pretty, folks. I don't know what you picture when you're listening to this Locked On Browns podcast, but what Leonard Fournette did is probably what it looks like if I were to try to jump a vertical jump. On the other hand, I am not a professional athlete. I am not 20, 21, and 22 years old. Then we get to the second running back, Dalvin Cook. So after Fournette jumps, all of a sudden, there's kind of excitement about Dalvin Cook and what he could do. Unfortunately, he jumped 30 and a half inches. And so Cook, at 30 pounds less, only jumped two inches higher than Leonard Fournette. And so uh, that started to really raise some questions about kind of what's going on there. But then we get to the 40-yard dash, and Cook ran a 4.5, a 4.5. Leonard Fournette ran a 4.51 and a 4.52. And so at 240 pounds, Leonard Fournette ran basically the same time that the 210 faster, quote-unquote faster, Dalvin Cook ran. So 
all of a sudden, we're not as worried about that vertical leap with Leonard Fournette because he's running about the same speed as the much lighter and barely jumping higher Dalvin Cook. Partially because of that, and partially just because he tore it up, Christian McCaffrey became the stud, the bell of the ball. He was the focus of today. He made everyone sit up and take notice. For I already told you the 37.5 vertical leap that he had. He ran a 4.49 in his first 40 attempt. His un- or his official time later was a 4.48. And where he really excelled was in his three-cone drill, 6.57. An amazing time for someone who just looks like a smooth, uh, stellar athlete, but also who seems strong enough to really run between the tackles more than people thought. Even though he only had 10 reps on the bench, Overall, he looks like a solid athlete. His 6.57 is the second best three-cone drill uh, since, I believe, 2003. And so uh, a day when the three top running backs were kind of given the uh, spotlight, given the opportunity to show what they can make of themselves, Fournette and Cook seemed to be falling due to their athletic testing, while Christian McCaffrey seems to be on a rise. And then we talk about our local boy, Kareem Hunt out of Toledo, 5'10", 216 pounds, 31-inch arms, 9 and 5-8-inch hands. He only ran a 4.66 in his first attempt. 4.62 is his official time from his second attempt. He had an 18 on the bench press, a very good vertical at 36 and a half. Um, and a broad jump of 9 feet, 11 inches, almost 10 feet, which is kind of important. But what we saw out of Kareem Hunt is a an all-around back who can catch the ball out of the backfield, who can play between the tackles, but also has enough speed to bounce it outside. But he's more of a power back. He's not someone who's just going to run away from you. He's not one of those smaller, quick, again, Christian McCaffrey-type players. But it is Kind of exciting to see that Hunt may be rising up the boards. There are some that believe he is the third or fourth best running back in this draft. Now, that might be hyperbole, but it's really exciting to see uh, someone who went back to school, stayed in school, from Toledo, really able to kind of make an impact. The other running back that stood out to me over the last couple days is Samaje Pirine, uh, cousin of Aaron Perrin, or at least that's how I pronounce it, uh, who covers the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers for Fear the Sword. Uh, so I know Aaron a little bit. Uh, Samaje really impressed everybody with his bench press yesterday, 30 of them. Uh, he ran a good enough time, 4.65. He had a 33-inch vertical. Samaje looks like a player who can be that bruising back. So whether we're comparing him to a Jeremy Hill or some of that nature, Pirine really made money for himself today and over the last couple of days. But again, unfortunately, while there's a there's some excitement in this draft, even if a Leonard Fournette, a Dalvin Cook, a Kareem Hunt, or even a Samaje Pirine fall second, third round, it's still highly unlikely that the Cleveland Browns are going to move an asset to bring in another running back. You can 
only do so much at that position. Would it be great to have one of the best running backs in the league? Sure. But Isaiah Crowell played well last year. They value him enough to put him on a second-round tender. Duke Johnson didn't get enough usage out of the backfield uh, running the ball, but showed that he's a strong runner and still reminds me a lot of Frank Gore, which is an easy comparison based on their size and the school that they went to. And then we don't know out of Darius Jackson or, or George Atkinson the third, but I can tell you that I think George Atkinson uh, probably may not make the team. But even if the Browns are looking for a third or fourth running back, you're not talking about that on the first or really even the second day of the NFL draft. So while this draft class, Kamara, there's a ton of other guys, uh, is really exciting at the running back position, don't expect the Cleveland Browns to invest a high pick in that. But it could be interesting to see if someone decides that they have a flavor that in the running back position that's really interesting to them, and maybe they feel a need to move up. Even as much as it's possible that a player like Christian McCaffrey could draw trade interest for the number 12 pick and the Browns would be able to move down a, a place or two and still get uh, the the player that they want. So I'm really intrigued to see how that all plays out. Again, I will continue to bring you as best of coverage as I can here from Indianapolis. Uh, the rest of the night, going to hang out with some people, try to get some food, and then tomorrow be right back at it. So follow along on Twitter at Jared K. Mueller. That's at J-A-R-E-D. K-M-U-E-L-L-E-R. Thanks for stopping by this Locked on Browns podcast. And go Browns.